2: com slash acast.
3: This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Beerman. to the best hang podcast i'm mike we got max we got shane and after a couple glorious weeks of recording in person in toronto we are apart. we're doing the old zoom record because i am actually on vacation but one never takes a vacation from recording a pod with his best friends so here we are lots of exciting stuff is happening big arkel shows are happening we got a jfl show that we're doing and also we've been talking about it a lot but we're gonna keep talking about because we're excited we're proud the dessert is out now on crave Check it out! Tell your friends about it. Watch all six episodes. Let us know your favorite sketches. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you don't love. Give us the whole spectrum because we love to hear it all, guys. How's it going, Shane? How's it feel to be a big TV star, legitimately now?
4: It's a trip to say the least. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's funny when I walk around now. I I'm just looking at people. I like stupidly. I know that I know they haven't seen the show. I'm, I'm seeing if they're looking at me. Yeah. But then a couple <laughs> people kind of have been staring at me, but I'm like yeah. staring at me because I'm looking at them as if they're looking at me. And it's, <laughs> and each person, I'm like based on what they're wearing. I kind of be like, that, mm. that, that seems like the demo. I'm sure you do this all the time, Max. Or maybe you stop because over years of doing it, you're probably sick of doing that. But you're like, oh, that style would suggest that they would watch yeah. a show.
2: Like They'd watch alt comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so it's it's a weird thing. And obviously it's uh, ridiculous to do that. But uh, I'm honest enough to admit it.
2: Has anybody asked you for a picture yet? <sighs>
4: no. No, this one person took like a weird double take, though but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what anything means. No one, no one said it no. early days, but, early days. Those yeah, double but, takes
3: will turn into photos,
4: but Bruce has uh, said, there's been very good feedback. He said, but people he doesn't know that well, have been going out of their way to contact him and, uh, praise to
2: that's great interesting i that's like great. this um yeah
4: you know you take all that with a great assault maybe they're just looking for a season two job but still it's very
3: cool <laughs> speaking of feedback well actually that is an interesting thought shane and i were talking so after the screening in toronto at the paradise there was there's a lot of industry people there and there's a lot of like amazing actors performers all that stuff that aren't in the show but came out to support and after the show you know when everyone's like oh it's so great you you're like you're like oh do they really believe that or like shane said are they like who doesn't want to work on a season two if there's a season two? So you're always kind of like, which I think is the nature of the industry game. Max, do you find that with music as well?
2: Mm, I don't know. It's totally the same with music, but I do, I feel like acting like just jobs maybe are like, cause there's so many more team members when it comes to like a a film shoot. Are you right? Like with the band, it's just like, I don't know. There's like sound guys. Uh, Maybe there's some producers that would say hi or something, but on a film on a, on a TV show that's cool in Canada, it feels kind of rare. So it's like, oh, this thing has like potential. it be kind of fun to get in the writers' room or do a post effects or whatever it may be. So yeah, maybe that that's the thing. But that's also one of the sketches, basically in the show, is like going to a comedy party and everybody trying to get in the writers' room with the one guy who gets a TV show. So that's literally like one of the sketches. Um, yeah.
3: Well, speaking of feedback, Shane, I wanted to ask because so the show this been like a you know the show came out uh, uh, last week. I sort of completed this other like job out you know my day t- my day job bunch of commercials I directed that had come out I sort of finished the cycle of a ton of work and then I had this week off plan to hang out with the family to hang out with Winona you know do a bunch of really fun sort of stuff that was dedicated to that but what happened is when the show comes out on a Friday and then everyone goes into the office and now obviously like we did this show with Crave and Bell Media and there's a lot of people we work with that want to come up and talk about mm. the show now that it's out but I like I have taken myself so- also Shane's doing press he was on the social I not knowing booking this vacation took myself out of that cycle of like fun first wave of congrats you did it shane what's it been like in the office because i haven't been there i can only imagine the theater of the mind is it's like you got carried out like on people's shoulders and everyone was high-fiving you and all that
4: yeah no it's it's more awkward than ever for me to be in the building. Uh, no no <laughs> one said anything. No one's acknowledged. You're kidding.
3: Me. And Max is a, a producer on the show uh, along with Ash. Uh, what kind of feedback have you been getting? Is it, I mean, our Kells world is so intense right now. You guys are you're playing shows, you have new music out, you got a record coming out later. Uh, but have you sort of felt anything from the show world?
2: Yeah. Um, I actually got a text last night from uh, my friend Tyler, who plays in the band Said the Whale. He's an old dear friend of mine. He goes, I'm ready, reminded to tell you that we watched a few episodes of The Dessert the other night and has brought on full belly laughs fucking absolute insanity kudos to the whole team and then i was like oh, i really appreciate you checking out the show it's a fucking weird one and he goes so fucking weird <laughs> but for people who grew up on mr show or ucb or kids in the hall it's super on point at the very least it should cement shane as elite fuck the ladies are great too no weak links That's oh, wow. wow look awesome. at that yeah
4: well what happened here is um it's obviously it, it can be considered a polarizing show. So one of our supporters, she told everyone to watch the show on Friday, sent a company <laughs> like the email oh. yeah, there's <laughs> full frontal nudity and like shit on hands, et cetera. Uh, so I don't think she knew in terms of like content, like telling people to watch within our company. So when I saw her walking around on Monday, I had to kind of like shield my head because I was embarrassed in case she was ashamed of what she was promoting.
3: she i will say that she's been fantastic whether she's seen the show or not that's what i mean yeah it could be pre-fantastic i know know. and i'm very (laughs) (laughs)
4: self-conscious she's great yeah i i I tell a lot of people this is a show not for 80 percent of people to like but for 20 percent of people to love and uh Mm -hmm. you
3: you responded to somebody I don't know if it was in the DMS of the best hang, but you said something about you, you did you made a funny joke about it, not working with certain demo.
4: I said this, uh, I've been telling people also, this isn't working with males and females aged to 18 to 80. Like it's not (laughs) on the demographic.
2: (laughs) I laughed when I saw that. Have you had any, have have you any feedback um, where you're like, where you felt like you had to justify something or defend yourself? You're like, well, actually you didn't you didn't understand he's asking, because... what, he's
3: asking what your burner account is shane to go online and oh, defend the show
4: no i would never do that um because i years ago it's it's hilarious years ago when we did uh mike on much uh in conversations with we did the digital desserts and i went on Reddit and i said uh, hey guys check out this new funny guy and i put in one of the <laughs> digital desserts i was roasted so oh like, just people like my my appearance my um how i'm trying to be zach Galifianakis, how no one could be him how i have no magic no charisma nothing and mind you in those things i'm not trying to have charisma but anyway <laughs> <laughs> there was one guy named winged pegasus who was going after me uh oh. and anyway cut to now whoa on, on reddit the same guy is the biggest
2: defender of the show
3: you have a history oh. with winged pegasus you put this in the group chat i didn't know
2: you had that winged i thought pegasus. that was definitely john popolis that's not possible
4: <laughs> and, and popolis is like is it you the good thing about reddit to keep people nice and honest you can click on their names
2: and see their full uh-huh. back
4: history and this guy's posting like 37 times a day so if it is
2: Populism. It's about like video games mostly and stuff, right? That he posts (laughs) about. So I was like, and then then I was thinking, I was like, is Pop surely into video games? And he might be. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I thought
4: like Zelda shit. So (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of people don't know that you can see their history especially people who've never signed up for reddit so there's this people are inclined to get in there and duke it out so i get this one reddit comment it's like where is this shane cunningham guy been he's he, i haven't seen him on any uh you know improv circuits or stand-up comedy circuits but what a revelation he's great i'm like alex did you do this she's like i swear i did I'm like it has to be a Lamparski. I'm trying to figure it out, and of course, it's my father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, his intentions are good. He doesn't know that people are going to be able to tell. He just signed up for Reddit and has no Reddit karma. <laughs> you please call your dad and chastise him on my behalf. Like a... <laughs> Especially being singled out. You know what I mean? Because if it's a fake thing and everyone's passing the ball and saying that Jill and Bella are great, I don't feel as stupid for being outed because it's kind of nice. But I don't want anyone to be omitted and me being put on some pedestal or anything because that can make people feel bad. So anyway. That was, uh, it, it's been an interesting experience reading reviews. but My favorite reviews are sevens. I don't like tens. I don't like ones because they're both fake. Mm. Seven or an eight is that perfect pocket of criticism and praise that is is very real. Yeah. There's an awesome one on IMDb. It kind of like criticizes, says a little rough, this, but as the show went, these people really got a hang of callback humor. Episodes five and six are the best. The Red Knight calls out for being one of the best sketches the dino one and those are like cuts that you really want to hit with the comedy community and he ends saying we could be the next legendary show Oh,
2: I love that.
4: Give us us a seven. He's like, I think if they were given another season, they're going to up the ante, and it's going to be legendary. Paraphrasing, of course. Yeah, very flattering.
2: That's so cool. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, that's good. And also, it feels like it's such early days that you know, there's a chance that in you know two years or something, people go look back. Oh, that first season had this like magic, and then the second season got got even better. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with like a record that comes out. You're like, oh, this is a good record, but then as it lives in the culture, like nine months later, you're like, oh, that record that I thought was pretty good, like it's having a moment. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. just takes a while, you know? Well, as um, winged,
4: winged Pegasus pointed out, <laughs> that uh, the, I think You Should Leave was also called a hit or miss show. And now mm-hmm. in uh, hindsight, it's looked at as this like almost like a never miss first season. And the second season is looked at as this gold season. And people are saying the third season is uh, people are saying is hit or miss. But I think now it's also changing where it's uh third. But sorry, what were you going to say, Matt?
2: Oh, I just can't believe it's not Pops. That's all. She,
4: yeah. If it is, I don't know because he did accuse it of being me and I feel like he doesn't know how reddit works if it is I would actually be more impressed than if it wasn't in a way <laughs> that's genius if, if he does this long play for years
2: for years on the Zelda message boards you know yeah. interesting I like the you in? know how it
4: works too, Max. I'm impressed. you Because you must have
2: uh, gone. <laughs> yeah, I go on for the NBA Reddit. So I'm always a little uh, curious. Uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, I don't know if many people talk about our calls on Reddit. But yeah, but I go on the NBA Reddit board all the time. Like It's my favorite website. So, uh, so I do have some sense of how it works. But yeah, guys, I was uh, speaking of film and television. I went to the movies last night and it was a packed theater. You didn't see Tom Cruise, did you?
3: Listeners, uh, I'm just cutting in here to say that my, my card cut out, even though I cleared it before we recorded. So Shane and I are both actually on Zoom. So we apologize for the quality, but hey, it's free entertainment. Max, you had a big story to tell us. You teased us right before my card cut out. So please restart.
2: Well, I went to the movies and I saw uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, yesterday in the theaters at Scotiabank around the corner from your work. Uh, Shane just asked, did I see Tom Cruise? No, I wasn't at that one. Cause I know Tom Cruise showed up to a Toronto screening, which is pretty sick, but it was, uh, it was, it was in the IMAX. So like I got like,
3: like, you've sorry? seen it
2: too, Mike. I saw it.
3: Oh, good. So here's what happened. We're so uh, two days ago, I guess it would have been Tuesday, whatever that was Tuesday, Ash put in the group that TC Tom Cruise Popped into Scotiabank Arena during a screening, which is which was pretty wild. So,
2: Scotiabank Theater, not Arena. Oh, what they yeah. called
3: the Arena? Yeah, no, they were screening yeah. at the Arena. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, Mr. possible No, yeah, it was at the theater on, uh, on Richmond and John. And Tom was there. I was like, Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm like, Am I like susceptible to this sort of like, does this feel bigger to me somehow? Do I need to see this? Is this the event of the summer? I somehow got swept up in the marketing of it. Uh, I got the kids to bed. Like I said, I'm off this week and i was like fuck it i'm gonna go over i'm gonna pop up to silver city ancaster i'm gonna watch nice the 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 10 o'clock mission impossible movie so i did so max we've both seen this movie
2: yeah it was awesome it it was totally packed theater like every single seat was sold we um matt frukman had bought these tickets months in advance i think like he, he he's got tickets for barbie and oppenheimer oppenheimer like months in advance. So we're going next week as well. And so we were dead center, perfect seats, you know, with a big movie like that and on a big screen, you don't want to be too close Is in like no. your next crane and you hate that. It's, yeah. And I was so excited about it and I was talking about it with Ash and I forget who else, someone before I was like, yeah, I really love the mission impossible movies. Cause like the openings are so good. You know, like I love, I love it. Cause people were like, you don't like mission boss. I was like, Oh yeah, I love mission Impossible. I'm like, yeah, my and they're like, which one's your favorite? I was like, well, my favorite one is when it like opens in Mexico. Mexico, and it's like the Day of the Dead and it's that one shot that's just like the whole thing they're following and they kind of go up the elevator and it's like the, this is the opening sequence is just amazing and, and, and Ash is like that's James Bond Max I was like oh yeah okay. <laughs> I was like oh yeah okay I don't know and I and was like oh I love it when he's like flying around in like a plane going really fast he's like that's Top Gun Max he's like oh yeah yeah okay so I uh, I was reminded what this thing was and I loved it it was an amazing movie (laughs) the uh, Mike you're more of a cinephile than I am um I don't want to give away too much but I will say that the final scene was one of the best fucking moments of cinematography action suspense uh, I've ever seen right like was was that such a feat
3: that the last sequence you're talking about if anyone's seen this film you'll know exactly the sequence we're talking about is one of the it it, it was standout for a lot of reasons one of the coolest sort of sequences action uh, the way Max just described it I've actually seen in movies uh and that that was kind of worth the two and a half hours or whatever. Like the movie was fine. It's fine. It's Tom Cruise yeah. doing Tom Cruise things. There's like a MacGuffin you kind of care about. You, you're kind of following this thing they need to save the world. Do they need oh, a microchip? It's uh it's like a key that's like a microchip type. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that's the MacGuffin. So you follow that whole business. It is what it is. This one felt a little cheesier than the other ones. Like there were some lines and some Tom Cruises that almost lean like the Philip Seymour Hoffman Mission Impossible felt like a different sort of pocket and vibe. This one felt like a little bit more like like you know there's certain James Bonds, like James James Bonds with um who's that guy? Uh Roger Moore were way different than the James Bonds with Sean Connery. It was almost like a wink and a nudge and they kind of, you know, leaned into the, you know, big actiony goofiness. This felt like slightly attuned to that where there was things that like like I laughed out loud at a couple times. Uh, so, but I enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. It's a big blockbuster movie. It's, it's not as good as like, for comparing it to other Tom Cruise massive blockbusters. It's not as good as Maverick. You know what I mean? It's like, it's fine.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs coming off a parents' plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
3: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare.
2: Are you guys, are you guys Tom Cruise fans? Like, do you like his whole thing? Like, are you into Tom Cruise? Do you find him annoying? Are you, you find him inspiring? I like him. Yeah.
4: They're, I, when he was jumping on the couch, I didn't think it was that weird. That's when everyone seemed to turn on him, but you know, you're excited, <laughs> you're in love, you're jumping on a couch. It's funny. Like if Jim Carrey did that, no one would care. But I think Tom wasn't known as being a funny guy. So people took that a little bit too sincere. And then he trying to kind of got his reputation back through Tropic Thunder. Through being that mm. uh, that really funny character, and now I, I think people like him better
2: now than ever. Almost is *Trapped Under* good? That's people love that movie, right? Yeah, maybe maybe it has some problems with it. but
3: uh. <laughs> Yeah, the Robert Downey Jr. stuff hasn't aged well, obviously. Uh, okay. But and I, I haven't revisited in a long time. Also, Ben started does some stuff with the the Simple Jack stuff. It's just like one of those movies that went for yeah. it with like like I, I don't know what you would call that type of humor. And twenty years later. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So you have to. He was
4: nominated for an Oscar for a movie in which he went blackface. Yeah. To win an Oscar. That's bull. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. that's You
2: know, I was just uh, listening to an interview on the town with Matthew Bellany, which is about Hollywood and and the industry. And he just had Evan Goldberg uh, on it as a guest. And they were talking about the state of comedy and the state of movies. And he was saying how, you know, some of their comedy hasn't aged well. And he, and they, and Bellany asked him like, oh, do, do you think you'd want to take parts of your movies out? And he goes, absolutely not. It's like at the time, comedy pushes the boundaries of like what's acceptable in society and then society evolves and that's totally fine. So he had an interesting take on it that this just like, you don't need to censor stuff from the past necessarily. Uh, and he wouldn't change anything, any of the decisions they made at the time, but obviously they wouldn't make the same decisions today, which I thought was kind of interesting.
4: No, um, Disney Disney does the same thing. I'm I'm not sure if you watch like any of the old Disney films. They have a disclaimer at the beginning like uh, in the past we've made some mistakes it was wrong then it was wrong now but we're keeping these mistakes in the film so hopefully people can learn from them. first it's some like excuse like that we but should have, do yeah.
3: we should have put that in front of the dessert just like preemptively <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. In, in five to ten years maybe three weeks yeah. uh some of these jokes won't hold up <laughs> we've made some mistakes yeah <laughs> hey, okay ash sent me this thing and she talks about it once every three weeks probably about the time tom cruise screamed at everybody on set for not abiding by COVID protocols? Have you guys heard this rant before? It's
3: famous. We've talked about it on the pod,
2: I think. That feels like a fake leak, though.
4: That feels like he's like, (laughs) (laughs) record this.
2: Can we listen to it? Because I've never actually listened to it, and I
3: want to talk about Oh, yeah, play it. it. It's a classic. So as you set it up, Max, I know you haven't played it just yet, but so people know, this is in the heart of covid like productions were getting shut down if people weren't following protocols it was like a very intense time if we can all think back to whenever it was late 2020 or early 2021 like w- there was other sort of like omicron outbreaks so like that was where tom cruise was at in this moment on set shooting mission impossible i believe yeah, yeah, here
2: we go here we they are back there in hollywood making
0: movies right now because they're because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every f- studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs.
2: <laughs> can, can you hear this? Yeah. I
0: ever yes. it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And if I see you do it again, you're f- Going. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever f-ing do it again.
4: Oh, that's perfect.
0: That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their f-ing goals because our industry is shut down. they not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education.
2: Sorry, uh, but, um,
4: wow uh, it's it's so perfect he's he's obviously too angry and swearing but it's like <laughs> It's like he's doing it on purpose, like he's being a little bit too loud and too sweary to get the good <laughs> people think it's real. I'm very, very suspicious. The speech is just so funny. Like is that is that real or am I crazy to think that he's Go leak this on purpose.
2: I think he thinks like that, though. He's so passionate about the movies and the industry and keeping it I alive. Agree. It feels like he, he actually thinks in those terms.
3: The guy showed up to Scotia Scotiabank Theater in Toronto. <laughs>
2: That's how much he cares
3: about the movies. He's basically doing this in-person tour to get people out and drum up sort of interest.
2: No, no, don't
4: mix up what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say he doesn't think this. I think he thinks it so much that he just wants everyone to know how passionate he is about it! So, like, industry people will appreciate it. Moviegoers will appreciate what he's trying to do. And he's so smart. He's like, this will be the perfect thing to release. And Tom is a powerful guy. I don't think anyone in the movie industry is risking releasing this fucking audio. Tom Cruise, you're gonna blackmail if anyone's gonna find out who you are, where you live, ruin your life. It's Tom Cruise with the Scientology <laughs> connections and everything. I I think. It's fake. I, I love this.
3: Uh, I, yeah, it's an interesting theory. I just... I think, like, on a big movie like that, when he's, like... Everyone gather around. We're going to have a chat because we've had a couple COVID scares. And this is, like, my this movie is worth so like because if they back then they had That's to shut not down pre- the chat though. Like,
4: everyone no no no
3: I mean around. I'm saying like I'm saying like so they've had a couple you know like if there was a positive test they used to have oh, to shut okay. down the oh, movie for I three see. weeks so they would have to shut down the movie for three weeks so I think what happened is they either had some scares or something happened someone tested positive and I think he was like get everybody around here he gets up on a big set piece there's 200 people carpenters PAs actors eight like everyone that would be on a big movie like that I think are in the room I think somebody rolled once he started fucking getting on a roll on their phone and I think That's what we heard is him losing his mind because he's like millions of dollars are at stake. My money's at stake. I'm a producer on this movie. And if we get shut down for three weeks, you fuckers don't realize, I think it was just like, I, I, I believe it doesn't feel
4: like he has like a Ted talk crowd though. It feels like he's singling out one or two people.
3: I, I wondered when he does the part where he goes and you, and you, I wonder if he's pointing at powerful people so as to make it clear to the rest of the, because he's not worried about the executive producers or the money people. It's like, I don't want a carpenter going out and drinking after we're done shooting and bringing COVID back to this set and shutting us down for three weeks. So either take your job seriously, you come to work and you go back to the hotel. That's that's the way I read it. At the time when it came out, I was like, I think he's, and not like necessarily in an altruistic way, which I think he does care about the movies and altruistic. I think in like a very much, I'm invested in this movie. We're all invested in this movie. If one person's going to bring COVID in here ruin the whole thing and put us back three weeks. I'll fucking, I'll kick you off my set. I, I so I believe mm-hmm. it. I, I'm may call me gullible, but that's what I, I believe is an authentic moment of him sort of unhinged after like so much stress and sitting around for eight months not shooting.
4: Cause you know how there's in this movie, I think it's this one where he does that famous uh stunt where he has to go up the, the, the motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. And, he had, and it's like the craziest stunt that I think a most famous person has ever done in the history of cinema. If he had to do that stunt after giving that argument, <laughs> It just explodes. If you're those PAs who weren't wearing the mask, you're like, oh shit. It'd just be a funny
3: scenario. Yeah. yeah. Max, do you think it's real or do you think it was a, uh, a staged thing? I think
2: it's real. And I'm wondering who who amongst our friends is the closest to a Tom Cruise personality? Wow. Is there anybody that you know in your life?
4: Virtual.
2: Virtual. Oh, Virtual. That's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. Not like. I, I feel like I got a little bit of it in me. I kind of want to give a speech like that. It's kind of pumping me up. (laughs) You couldn't
4: get that mad, though, I don't think.
2: Yeah. I
4: feel like I've actually kind of been this mad at Populus before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I can see
3: aside from the swearing and the sort of intensity, there was such like a weird tisk tisking, like, don't you realize this you're you're taking people's jobs away and all that, like appealing to people's either like guilt or empathy is a weird, funny move. Cause like, I'm still only making 30 bucks an hour. Like, calm down, Tom. Like, we're all trying our best, you know? <laughs> it's like I get why you're so heavily invested, but like for some of those, for, you know, some of those people on set, it's just a job, you know, and they're trying their best too. So it's always, it, it was just a fascinating, a lot of stuff going on in that moment. But Max, you think you could give a speech
2: like that? I'd like to, I'd like <laughs> to be able to give a speech like that. Sometimes I think about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've heard like, the Christian oh,
4: Bale one, right? When he, where he's on set.
2: Oh, what does he say again?
4: There's a lighting guy walking His around. Line. Yeah. He's like, do I show up at your
2: fucking job with your setting up the light? <laughs> Fuck you. He's
4: like, oh, look at you. That one's really...
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. We should play that one too. Yeah, he's in the middle of a scene and and the guy crosses his eyeline, which took him out of the scene. You know, like as an actor, he was like uh, in yeah, the yeah. middle of it. And then I guess the lighting guy <laughs> got into his eyeline. And so basically he just... That was it, and the sound guy clearly let, kept rolling on it, and that audio came out too That was on
2: Terminator three, I think, but that's a great one too mm-hmm. It's hard not to get when you're trying to really focus on something uh, we, we've been rehearsing pretty intensely for this uh, campfire night shows.
3: <laughs> I can't wait for and... the back, the
2: release of your audio <laughs> no actually, you know what I'm, I am quite focused uh, and more serious than I typically am, but I will say the band uh, I think i Mike and Tim of. Also read Rick Rubin's Creative Act, which is all about being like a serene monk, meditative dude. And everyone was in a great space. Everybody was so kind and patient with each other. It was actually like a great, great session. So I recommend anybody get into group work, read that book. Um, Tom Cruise, there's another funny tweet uh, of him eating a uh, popcorn. It's a six second uh, clip of him. Have you seen this one? No, I okay. am not. It's just I love my popcorn. <laughs> Movies, popcorn. I love my popcorn.
4: <laughs> Movies, popcorn. <laughs> I love my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> like your phil
2: jackson character or something like like
3: shane you know like just the little sound bite are we sure that's not a deep uh, fake?
2: someone tweeted cruz is like an alien that arrived on earth for who knows what purpose but abandoned his mission after becoming obsessed with cinema <laughs> just
3: and for the record you asked that's a good
2: I, one. I, I i do i'm a huge
3: tc fan like i love mm-hmm. tc i loved him vanilla sky is like one of my top 10 probably movies of all time. i mean i don't know again like, i gotta you know how when you come up with like your top 10 again I was, uh, Cameron bro,
4: your buddy. Yeah. Oh, your, my your boy yeah.
3: Cameron. It's like, you know how, like when you come up with like whatever people are like, Oh, what's your favorite movie or song or your top five movies? A lot of times you kind of come up with those and they cement like before you're 30. And then when people mm. ask you later left, you're like, Oh, vanilla sky is like a top five movie. It's like, wait, is it actually, I'm like, can I say that without <laughs> having revisited it without considering movies I've seen in the last five years, but it is funny. But anyway, I love TC. I remember war of the worlds came out, which is a Steven Spielberg mm. movie. And this is actually an interesting story. So Steven Spielberg, uh they're shooting War of the worlds uh, while they're in production. Uh, Tom's out promoting some other movie. That's when he jumps on the couch. Uh, the Katie Holmes thing, I'm in love. And he jumps on the couch with Oprah. Everybody turns on him. Uh, uh people start, you know, the Scientology thing becomes like a lot more of a big deal than it had been. Um, and then there, all these reports came out that on, uh, Steven Spielberg set for war of the worlds, he was setting up Scientology tents and trying to like basically, uh, <laughs> recruit, uh, <laughs> cast crew, things like that. So there's all these weird sort of things that kind of messed up. I think like it was bad press for Spielberg. Spielberg was pissed. Spielberg never worked with them again. I think Spielberg had done minority report with him and then he'd done war of the worlds. And because of this bad press cycle, Spielberg felt like I'd read th- this whole thing. You can read it on wiki or anywhere, but it's like, it felt like it had fucked up his movie coming out war of the worlds. And it did, it got bad press and the movie got like middling reviews. I really liked war of the worlds cause I thought it was going to be shit. And I remember going over watching alone. I was like, ah, oh, it's pretty good. But so him and Spielberg had been weird basically for like mm. however long it's been 15 years since that movie came out after maverick like went like gangbusters and basically saved the movies between avatar and maverick everyone's like oh cinema's back made a billion dollars there's a clip uh, like at the start of award season which you can look up where steven spielberg and tom cruise see each other at one of these like golden globe luncheons and spielberg goes up to tom cruise and he like shakes his hand he says thank you thank you you saved the movies or something like that. Mm. And this was like, apparently the first time they'd been in each other's company since the war of the worlds thing had happened.
4: But Spielberg wasn't wearing a mask. And Tom was <laughs>
2: like, get <laughs> a fucking mask <laughs> off. The pandemic is still ongoing. <laughs> what do you think he's like as a, as a father? Like, does he have any time for fathering? Like he seems to be doing so no. much stuff, right?
4: No. Like where are his kids? Like he just cares about the audience. <laughs> like,
2: it, it
4: feels, honestly. He doesn't care about his kids
2: no no way <laughs> well this is a good question about <laughs> and Scientology if he's setting up the camps oh. you know at at, at yeah. onset it's like man how like much I think time society is this guy?
4: in the world is is his child
2: when it comes to that kind of,
3: uh, what people, what entertainers need, uh, and artists, you know, adulation from the crowd, the respective strangers or sort of the appreciation for strangers. Do you guys, you know, Shane, obviously you're the star of the sketch show max. You've been getting on stages for the last decade, big, big stages. Do you feel like the validation of strangers and that thing that we're talking about, Tom Cruise only caring about the audience. Do you, do you feel like that that is a driver for you, and what do you get out of it? Uh, do I do I get something out of adulation from strangers? More so than like we were just talking about the idea of Tom's Tom Cruise is like he doesn't care about his kids in theory. Whatever. It's mm. like it's like does the respect and sort of love of your friends and family supersede the nebulous
2: love of an audience? Oh, yeah, it's so hard. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in the perfect sweet spot where it's just like I get just the right amount of attention and I get paid handsomely uh, to do it. But I also am very, you know, connected to my friends and family. So like, I feel like I have my feet firmly planted in both of those worlds. I can't imagine what it's like being like a real celebrity though, right? It's just like, because especially when you see yourself the way Tom Cruise does, which is like the person responsible for saving an entire industry. And he's always probably had some kind of insane like hero complex about like everything he does. But it also maybe makes me think he's a super dad too. Like he just like sleeps like four hours a day, and he's like making sure that like little fucking Johnny's doing his homework. It's like why isn't your math scores higher? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like like I can see him getting really pissed off at his kid for like like getting like a C plus or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It feels like he'd really like want like high achieving shit from his kids. I think he's a. I think the thing
4: with um, with Sean Penn, and they were talking about how he's such an asshole but he's also such a humanitarian like he says the line mm. perfect how he cares about the world, but he hates people. Like he cares about the people in the world, but he <laughs> hates individuals. And I feel like Tom's like that to some extent with his own children and many, many stories about how he's a terrible dad.
2: But, <laughs> oh, is there? I didn't know that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So who knows if they're true though? Like anyone's saying he mm-hmm.
2: is, he's, he's uh, you know, there's a higher calling with him. It seems, you know, he's got, he's got all of us to t- to take care of and look after. We love the movies. Someone, I'm so glad the movie theaters like are still a thing. We got time to think, I guess.
4: Yeah, it seems like only blockbusters are bringing people out. I wonder if there will ever be a movie like Jerry Maguire.
3: You know what? Mm-hmm. Like here, that's a that's a great point, and I am circling back to you, Shane, to get your answer about the love of an audience. Um, it, is it's like I like you know when we grew up, like movie, like Wes Anderson's Asteroid City that came out. That is mm-hmm. the movie I would have went out of my way to watch. Like as a younger moviegoer, what's crazy. And I brought up the idea of being swayed by marketing or something. It's like the two movies I've seen in the last month are the Indiana Jones dial of destiny and mission impossible. And I was going to go to the Wes Anderson one, but when it came time mm-hmm. to like actually do it and commit my time, there was something about like, eh, it's like nine thirty at night. I'm going to grab like some snacks and watch a movie. I chose the blockbuster. And I don't know what that says about me, my mm-hmm. demo, my attention span, or just the idea that I guess a Wes Anderson movie could play just as good in my basement. Whereas I feel like those other two movies are something like I want to see spectacle like Dune or something like that. But anyway, Mm. it's interesting. And I feel like I've betrayed my younger self that I chose the popcorn movies over Wes Anderson's Asteroid (laughs) City. Um, But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Shane, back to you to answer the question that Max just answered about the love of an audience or the uh, adulation or sort of respect and praise of strangers could ever supersede, uh, you know, that from people, you know, and love.
4: Right now, it's respect from an audience. Like, it's just because I'm not, I'm not used to having any respect at all. So, um, um, so yesterday, you know, I, I do the social. I'm just yammering on about Lord knows what on that thing. And then uh, I get off and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't even know what I'm talking about. And then I get a, I get a DM. And a woman's like, I just want to say, and I'm not hitting on you, but you are uh, objectively so attractive that Alex is the luckiest <laughs> woman in the
0: world. All of a
4: sudden, I'm like thinking I'm the coolest. I went from feeling like I was the biggest loser to the coolest man in the world. And then another woman messages me and just says, you are a hunk. Uh, And just message me, text me. Mind you, this was a seventy-five-year-old woman, and (laughs) she uh, was grandma milk bags in our. um, our, Uh, um, Sure. The first one was a legitimate DM from a young person. Not that old people aren't legitimate humans, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) But still, those two things combined kind of had me like too much bounce in my step or something, and that's just like (laughs) that's two people. I don't know. Like, I'm not even, what did you say? You're making a handsome living or whatever? Like, uh, Getting paid just, handsomely just being called handsome is like making me go <laughs> crazy. Like I can't imagine what it's like being met. So I'm assuming you just get used to it though. Cause you, you yeah. must like, I'm like looking like a garbage man to like, see if he recognizes <laughs> it. Cause I'm being quite silly right now.
3: It's a good time. It's a fun time.
4: How, how'd you like the social by the way? How was that? Well, here's so I felt good about it. I felt calm, and we've had some, like, I think we had the best press interview, I think, in probably CP24 Breakfast Television history. Uh, Mike, you've seen the interview. Oh, my God. It is a masterclass in awkwardness. Like-
3: it, so to set it up, so they do this breakfast interview at like 7, 7.30 a.m. or something like that. The host, it, uh, he basically opens up um, by sort of saying, "We well, got a new show, The Dessert. And then he pauses. I think he thinks they're going to like a pre-taped pack, like a bunch of clips, but they don't. So the camera just... It just sits on him. <laughs> and then John Poplis has this really funny, like behind, he taped the cast. So you see the, like Shane, uh, Jill and Bella all kind of like look to the side. Everyone's just waiting. And then the host realizes, oh, I need to keep talking. And then he just starts getting into it. And he talks about the vasectomy sketch and he's like, I don't think I could say it, but cut off my balls. Oh, I said it. He's just sort of like very <laughs> loose. No, no, Mike, so, oh my so goodness. You, you know,
4: you know, how Mike, like Mike is a great person at contextualizing things for people who don't. No one's going on So the man has obviously just watched five minutes of the sketch show. And rather than tell people what sketches are about, he just goes, You gotta tell me. Cavity for your balls? And he says that. And we're like, we're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Are you kissing? Are you not kissing? He's like, but there was the video proof. And I'm like, that could have been a deep fake though. He's not contextualizing any of this. He's just saying <laughs> random words. I'm like, he's like a deep fake. Why you gotta do me that like that? He goes, you know, it's National Dessert Day. I go, Whoa, really? He goes, no, nah, it's, it's not, it's actually, it's chocolate day though. And like, oh, that's different. And then And It's just this. <laughs> Why does he have a New York accent? <laughs> no, he's from Alabama. Uh, okay. yeah, he, and he went on this thing about how he's from Alabama before. And he's like, I got Dorito breath and I spilled coffee all over my pants. And that's how he opened the, the introduction to us. It was very funny. Um, but most of the time they put these things online afterwards, but they mm-hmm. destroyed. They didn't put it online. <laughs> but since we work here, we have access to the. Uh, it's, weird. it's. I'm gonna send it to you after this. I hope it, I lives it up. It. I think it's even better
2: of it. But well, because you're talking about how Mike is so good at contextualizing things, and it feels like most of the public things you've ever done in your life are probably with Mike next to you or me around. Yes. So it's-, it's easy for you to just be like, if you don't know, you're just like, Mike. What do you think? And then Mike and Mike and I do this too. Like I always, if I'm a little stumped on something, and we're the three of us are doing something i'm like mike mike's got it and mike always picks up and this is one of your best talents mike is that you can just like mm. kind of you smartly <laughs> run with anything and sound really intelligent but you did it to bella on ch morning and and it was <laughs> let's play for the crap it was, it's just like because because i've seen you do this to mike a thousand times but <laughs> there's, only a story mike. Behind this. there's a story okay, behind this do i play first or do i tell it first no okay. go i it Bella, what, what do you think inspired the show?
4: Um, I think that what inspired the show is getting into life's, uh, like, nitty-gritty society. <laughs> um, like, maybe a need. Maybe we're trying to fill a void. <laughs> <laughs> the show trying to say? Great. Hey, yeah. what you... <laughs> So, what happened? So, right before that interview, uh, me, Bella, and Jillian did an interview with uh, another radio show. And I end up talking for 12 minutes and I beg- uh, say a word. And I'm like, I'm fucking dominating this thing. It's not good. And plus we do, we do, um, pre-interviews with Amy. So they kind of, uh, tell us like, oh, if they mention what the show's about, whatever. So I, I didn't think I'd be hanging Bell out to dry. But the reason she said society was, I gave a speech at that before we did our <laughs> Hamilton show. And I bring up like, I'm like this show, it may seem like on the surface, like it's about you know ejaculate or farts or shit or penis jokes but below that yes there may be another fart joke but below <laughs> that it's really about society and then i <laughs> i walk <laughs> off and everyone claps it
3: killed in the room yeah <laughs> but oh, <that's> bella,
4: <laughs> bella just truncated it without all the lead up it just said it's about society <laughs> um, so so that's a little backstory there but with uh with the social I'm uh, I'm expecting to know what questions I'm going to be asked. And I really like kind of coming up with a little story for whatever they do. I don't need a ton of time. But they didn't tell me anything what they were going to ask me. But with Bruce, who is a seasoned comedian, like expertly funny, like can, you can throw him in any situation, he's fine. They spent so long with him in his pre-interview. So Bruce goes out before I go out on the social, and he's in a full segment where he's just murder like it's like he's getting standing ovations applause breaks laughs like it's killing everyone
3: He made a joke. Me and Winona were watching because I'm home hanging with the kids. I was like, let's go down and watch Shane, like Lucy's dad. She's like, okay, we come down and we're watching the Bruce segment. And he made a joke about them, something about the toilets. And he said the line, uh, learn how to flush the toilets, ladies, to the house on The View, which was, again, like, he was just (laughs) killing. He was so on one. But that line alone made Winona laugh where she started repeating. But I was just like, wow, Bruce is like coming out on fire.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know they're going to ask me, what's it like working with Bruce? And I have this line, you know, Bruce is a great guy. They say, don't meet your heroes. But I'm so awkward around Bruce. I have a new line. I say, a hero shouldn't meet me. And it's all this because I'm so bad at it. And I'm like, he's like my dad, except he'll actually say I love you. And I have this whole bit and I tested (laughs) it out and it works. They ask Bruce what it's like working with us. And then I had this other joke and they, they asked Bruce and then they asked me what it was like working with you, Max, which I wasn't <laughs> expecting. I was, like, I was like, I haven't thought one fucking Max question. I don't even know what she's asking. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I wasn't really an Arkell's fan when I met Max. So Nepo baby. And I'm just saying buzz, I'm I, call myself, I call myself a Nepo
0: baby. I'm literally
4: having a mental seizure. Do not know what I'm talking about. Uh, just smiling like a goof and anyway it went fine like i was comfortably um, stupid but I, I was very uh
2: why well, were you a nepo baby i don't get it, it,
4: it uh, i was been trying to analyze why i said that but i think <laughs> a nepo baby has been uh unfairly given an advantage and us being your uh. friend and the music-wise <laughs> of the show, I'm a Nepo baby because we have all this wonderful music, not because of any other reason. It's
2: not totally how the term works at all, but I, I get what you're going for.
4: Well, it's, it's close.
2: Via <laughs> friendship on Applebee. Oh, I'm getting to wrap it
4: up. Guys, we gotta wrap <laughs> master, this up. Master master I got on the social man. when I was rambling. They're like,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut him down. Uh, well, this has been a great episode. Uh, like I said, check out the dessert. I am on vacation right now. So I'm about to go to Flying Squirrel, which Max doesn't know what that is, but I know Shane knows what that is. So I gotta bounce. That's a pun if you know what Flying Squirrel is. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We are at JFL in Montreal, uh, July 27th. Uh, It is a Thursday. We are very excited. Live show for the Best Hang Podcast with a guest to be named later. Uh, there's also a panel for the dessert where you will see the stars of the show, Shane, Isabella Campbell, Jillian Smart, all on that panel, along with uh, myself uh, and Jonathan Popolis and Justin Stockman. Uh, Max Kerman will be uh, moderating that, so he will be on both panels as well. Come out. Check it out. We're really excited. We might have some more exciting things to announce uh, in the next week or two, uh, so stay tuned. Uh, thank you to Nathan Nash for everything he does. Thank you to Ash for everything she does. Uh, guys, it's a great hang. Maybe the best. Bye.